listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Today's episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is brought to you by Dee Dee Donahue, Matt N., Al White, Charles, and Watch for Zombies. and thanks for joining us on the 218th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. We have to reintroduce ourselves because it's been so long since we've done this. <laughs> I know. Nice to nice to see you again. Nice to be back. Thank you all for your patience during our, our hiatus there. Um, but we are back. We are here. Please don't forget about us. <laughs> Hi. Uh, and in an effort to be to become uh, relevant again, we decided to cover some <laughs> new release films. <laughs> uh, the Fear Street Trilogy, which was recently released on Netflix, right, Carly? It sure was. Yeah. So as a reminder, we spoil movies. Yeah. Continue at your own risk. If you haven't watched these three flicks already, they are up and ready to go on Netflix for you. Um, so just set aside six hours and go crazy. <laughs> six hours. <sighs> they are long, aren't they? They're so long. Oh my God. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But before we jump into today's films, let's get started with the segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Halloween Kills with an October 15th release date. It's written and directed by David Gordon Green, who did the 2018 uh, Halloween film. He's also directing Halloween Ends, which is supposed to come out next year. They already announced that it's coming out next year at the the Comic Con thing they did online. Um, he's also directing the new Hellraiser TV series that's coming out on HBO later this year. So he's a busy guy. There's a lot Ooh. going on with him. He's did just you know? in it. He's in the horror. <laughs> oh my god! I'm dying. World. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm choking Same. on my coffee. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, did you know that there was going to be a Hellraiser TV sh- series on HBO? Because I no, didn't but know I'm that. excited about it. I now. am very excited about it. Let's do this. I feel like maybe at some point I would have known. I like knew that there was a Hellraiser TV series happening somewhere, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize it was coming out this year, and I didn't realize that it was on HBO. Me neither. Which are all things that I like. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. about it. Um, the ha- Halloween Kills is also written by Danny McBride, who is writing all of the Halloween movies. Um, you know, actor Danny McBride. And uh, Scott Teams, who is writing a new remake for Star- Firestarter. Wow. We're just... There's a lot going on over here. This is a yeah. this is a horror-centric uh, team over here. I like it. Me um, too. The IMDb summary for this one is the saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. (laughs) Okay. Very. Someone got lazy. Thanks, summary. (laughs) (laughs) Some new information for you listeners that you didn't already know. (laughs) It's just more of the same. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) The Halloween Kills movie is actually just a continuation of the saga of Halloween. Who knew? 
so well, you never know with Halloween, right? It could be Halloween 3 all over again. Wouldn't that be amazing oh, if it was a, a remake of Halloween 3? Only if Tom Atkins is in it. Like how, f- oh my God. Like how That's fucking brilliant would it be if they made it look like it was going to be a Michael Myers movie and then you go in and it's a remake of Halloween 3? Like my heart. The joy. my The joy in my heart. <laughs> Couldn't contain it's not it. even a remake. They just plug it in. They just the same movie. Oh, that would be so funny. Oh, I love it so much. Um, anyway, um, this is not that though. I mean, let's be real. But there were Halloween three masks involved. Did you did you there see were them? Dead children wearing the Halloween three masks. There you go. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that's all we're gonna get of Halloween three. But I'll take it. Yeah, I will. I mean, it implies that the Silver Shamrock world is in the same world as this Halloween. Uh, yes, I appreciate that. So. Um, so the interesting thing about this trailer, I think the beginning of this trailer is like, just makes me really want to watch the beginning of this movie a lot. That whole fireman thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I wow. love, yeah. In the trailer, I'm on the seat of my, sh- uh, the, the seat of my shorts. That's not a thing people say. The edge of my is seat now. is, I think, what the saying is <laughs> that I was a- attempting. Uh, I prefer seat of my shorts, <laughs> if we're being honest about it. I was on the seat of my shorts the whole trailer. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> the new saying. What does it mean? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the beginning especially looked amazing. And then as the trailer went on and on and on, I saw way too many kills for a trailer. Stop showing me kills. I want to watch the kills in the, in the theater. I don't want to watch them in a trailer. I agree. I did like seeing a few of them because in my personal opinion, the kills in the first one were very lackluster. Um a lot of them were implied kills. You're talking about the and 2018 so, Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really? Like, we have, like, all of this stuff happening, and, like, this is what I'm getting. So I am, I'm hoping that they didn't just give away all of the kills in the trailer, um, but I am happy to see that they are more in your face about them. So I liked the 2018 Halloween, but I wasn't, I don't remember it. I remember the end, and I remember how it ends in the basement, but, and I remember liking it, um, but I don't really, and I remember the begin. I mean, I remember parts of it, but I don't remember it as a whole, and I don't remember any kills, which leads me to probably agree with you in that the kills weren't memorable. I don't remember any of the kills. In, in, the only one I remember is the one in the bathroom at the yeah. at the truck stop. With, like, the teeth falling. Because yes. that was a memorable moment, that but there was, was still not a kill that, because he, like, left the the mother and the daughter. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, um, come on. Not enough I'm memorable in, moments is what you're I'm saying. I'm watching a horror movie. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. I think I think that's why. Like, I liked the last half or, like, the last quarter of the original with, like, the three women. Yeah. Um, I hated the teenagers. They were just, it felt like filler. Sure. The it felt like weird pieces of movies stitched together. Like the dad reminded me of the dad in Easy A where he was like trying to be like the funny, cool guy dad, like mm. comic relief guy. And I was like, this movie is so weird. <laughs> but then I liked when we like got to the nitty gritty of like the three 
Strode ladies just trying to kill Michael Myers. I did and appreciate I, the three Strode ladies, and I, anything yeah. with Jamie Lee Curtis is a okay oh, in my book. Badass. It's yeah, uh, yeah, she's wonderful. Um, uh, side note: I recently rewatched uh, Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan because mm-hmm. um, my niece was visiting and she never saw it. And I think she was a little too young to appreciate it. <laughs> she looked a little bored. But oh. I fucking love that movie so much. And it's all because of, of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's amazing. She's, oh, she's magic. I love her. <laughs> she's so magic. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm excited for this movie. I wish the trailer showed me less. Um, if you haven't seen this yet, I would recommend watching some of the teaser trailers, which are still very yeah. effective and making you want to see it without, uh, maybe showing all those kills, but rest assured there looks to be a lot of really good kills in this one. Yeah. If that's your thing, then you'll be happy. Watch the teaser. Body count up. It looks like Thank for sure. Finally. Finally. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not not good enough for you, huh? <laughs> it's called Halloween Kills. There better be some good kills. There better all, be some all fun saying. kills. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Okay. All right. Well, should we get ready with some Fear Street? Oh, I'm nervous. Before we intro Fear Street, I want to just say out loud, if you are a Fear Street, R.L. Stein, read all the books kind of person... Please keep in mind, I have not read any of the Fear Street books. I might have read one of them when I was little. Okay. But that... Isn't Fear Street supposed to be for, like, older kids? Yes. Like, the Goosebumps are for kids, and, like, Fear Mm -hmm. Street's for, like, teenagers, I always thought. Yeah, so I, uh, when I was younger, I obviously read the Goosebump books, and then I was like, but I want more. And so whenever I would, like, go to, like, the, you know, the bookstore, I would just go to the horror section or whatever, wherever mm-hmm. you find R.L. Stein, and I would just, like, pick random books. And so I've read a lot of, like, weird books by R.L. Stein that weren't even part of Fear Street or mm. Goosebumps, but I do remember seeing this and i can't i just can't remember if i read it or not okay so yeah there's a there's a bunch of fear street books and i don't really know much about them so we're not going to talk about the books so much i just hit myself in the face with a microphone i know it's been a minute since we recorded but apparently i really don't know okay where does the microphone go how do we (laughs) i'm like how do i talk into the microphone and also read my notes (laughs) where am i (laughs) i like how we've done this for almost five years and uh, we leave for a month, you know, a month and a half, and suddenly it's like we're newborn it's a babies. Whole new world. Yeah, <laughs> gonna be hitting. You're gonna hear like a thunk because it's just gonna be my forehead like slamming into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, <clears throat> so let's intro the first movie. We'll talk about all three movies completely separate as their own movies, and then talk about them as a whole. At least that's gonna be the attempt here. That's the plan. Okay. We can't make any promises. We, we don't make any promises, but that's going to that's gonna be what we try to do. But they're all like, they're all, like intertwined, so it's kind of hard, but we're going to do our best. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the first movie film we'll be speaking about today is Fear Street, part one, 1994, from 2021. <laughs> Directed by Lee Janiak. Sorry. It's a lot of numbers. <laughs> Um, Lee also did Honeymoon, which we've covered that, right? The, yes. That movie that we covered on this. Yes. I liked it. That's the one. I dug it. Uh, written by Kyle 
McKillen, uh, who did The Beaver, and Phil, oh, Jesus, Graziade. That's Graziade. I believe Graziade, so. Graziade, mm. sure. Who also uh, wrote Honeymoon. It's based on the novels by R.L. Stein. The IMDb summary is, A circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shady Side. I love the ad- the addition of Welcome to Shady Side at the end of the I do summary. Too. It's very R.L. Steiny. It's an R.L. Yes. Stein thing to do. I feel like oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I started with this one. I actually watched this one before we decided we were going to do these movies. So I went back today and kind of just fast forwarded through some parts, watched some parts again a second time. Took some notes. Um, but I I had a f- very strong impression after watching the first one the first time. So I, <laughs> I kind of already had notes in my head about it. How do you feel about this film? Um, okay, so I watched all three of these movies before we started. We decided that we were going to talk to them. so Or talk about them. Not talk to them. We could talk to them too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of watching it with a less judgy eye, except for this one. And I think it's because I was aware of all the things that were happening in 1994. Right. And so inaccuracies in this one bugged me, I think, more than they probably would have for, like, the other two ones. Because it was, like, so – it felt so in my face that they were, like, trying to say, this takes place in the 90s. You know what I mean? And it was very distracting. But I will um, say it didn't – this didn't feel like the 90s at, not all, at all to me. Like it not didn't – nothing about this made me go, this is the 90s. No. <laughs> In any shape, way, or form. No. I don't know what it is, but it makes me upset. So the reason – and there's even a note like in the trivia that's like Lee Janik was a teenager in the 90s. So she really like went for it in the 90s, no. um, which I'm sure she did grow up in the 90s. This did not feel 90s to me at all. I, I don't know. It, it was weird because it like. So I was excited from the opening scene. I it reminded me a lot of Scream. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, yes. ah, I'm into it. And then we jump in to, like, the first cutscene, and it's, like, the first song that we hear is I'm Only Happy When It Rains. And I'm like, bitch, this came out in 95. Like, what? (laughs) This movie's called 1994. And it's, like, so blunt. And I'm just, like, they're throwing in all of these random songs that are, like, 90s. Like, you hear them and you think of the 90s, but they came out at all these different times in the 90s, and I was kind of frustrated Dude, by there that. Were there were songs like that came of- out in, like, 97. Like, White Town's <laughs> Your Woman. That song came out in 97. I was like, I don't understand. Or, Why? Or just don't put 94, then. If you want to use all yes. the songs of the 90s, call it 1998, 1999. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? Why does it have Mm -hmm. to be 94 if you're going to use all this music from later? And like, it's fine. It's fine. I think it's hard for us because we're just getting for our age group as elder millennials, as I like to call (laughs) us, uh, as the olders, as as the the more mature millennials uh, of the world, we're just starting to feel old. I mean, not in that sense, but you know how there's always that 
when we were in high school, it was like reminiscent of the 70s and we were bell bottoms and and we watched things that took place in the 70s and we thought the 70s, like you always kind of idealize a previous generation when you're a teenager. So right now the 90s are it, right? Everyone's feeling reminiscent about the 90s and there's all these 90s things happening. People are dressing like it's the 90s again with their mom jeans and the, you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. that's it's just cyclical that's how it goes so I think yeah. we're just hitting that point where we're like well we remember the 90s so all these like reminiscent quote-unquote reminiscent 90s things like we're gonna be hypercritical of it because we remember it if we were a teenager watching this we would not know jack shit about the inaccuracies but that's the thing though that's the thing about this series is fear street is a 90s series right right so like obviously this is more geared towards like that's why they say fuck they say shit they say all these swear words it's super gory like the kills are super are really good i think yeah and it's because they aren't geared towards teenagers now they're geared towards our age group because that's we this is what we're getting right now. Wait, right? rewind, rewind, rewind. Because I was going to ask you, who is this movie for? And your answer is us? I don't think... Okay, so I think that maybe that's how it was when it started. But okay. I think they're trying to span the ages, right? And that's why we have all these actors from Stranger Things. And that's mm-hmm. why we have like all of these different kind of pieces to the puzzle that are they're trying to grab. But I think as a whole, we're the ones that remember Goosebumps, Fear Street, Are You Afraid of the Dark? So like, while we're trying to bring the new generation into that, I think in some level, it's also geared towards our like millennials, right? Like millennials that grew yeah, up on this Yeah, I mean, stuff. I feel like watching this, I feel like it's geared towards teenagers. But I think most slashers, typically are kind of geared towards teenagers mm-hmm. i think i can see how they're trying to like kind of push it t- for other people too by adding more gore more gruesomeness than like a normal like teenage slasher might have i think but I, I don't know like that's my question really it's a question because i'm not sure like who was this meant for and maybe it's meant for everybody and that's fair i think it works i'll watch it I was entertained. Okay, I'm going to say a lot of things that don't seem very good about these movies, but I I also like enjoyed my time with them. I'm not mad I watched them. But, you know, I'm I'm going to be critical cuz that's what I do. <laughs> sure. I had a lot of fun with them, but I just wish that like the production team may like focused on inaccuracies in something that's just like supposed to be from 1994 because right. I was very distracted by the AOL interface. (laughs) No, it's true. It's distracting. That's the problem. It's not like we're trying to be hypercritical. It's that when you remember the 90s, you're going to be distracted by things that are taking you out of that time period. So when you're using things, you're saying things, you're using language that wasn't popular at that time. Yes. People are acting not of that time. Like, I think it might be a writing issue. I'm not sure if it's a directing issue. I don't think it was a directing issue. I think it was just kind of all of the above. I mean, maybe it was because there were like, 
like I I know this is so nerdy and I know that there's probably just like a handful of people out there that would like have recognized this but like Calibri font wasn't public until 2007 yeah. <laughs> like that's a really big gap yeah and like when when they're like oh do you know how expensive like it is to connect to AOL and he's like I'm stealing internet from the neighbors I'm like that's not a thing how do you like, do that how <laughs> you can't you there's can't no do Wi-Fi, that bro. <laughs> And so I'm just like, there's little things like that that makes me miss the story because I'm like, wait, bullshit. And maybe it's because I am watching these with a little bit more of like a critical eye. Um, but even beyond general, that, beyond still. these like decade inaccuracies, there's also like just continuity issues throughout mm-hmm. the whole series. Yes, there are. Which is also very distracting. So yeah. I don't know. I try to like give it the benefit of the doubt and like, you know, give it a, you know, blind eye, some of it, but it's, it's distracting. That's, that's the, that's, it's hard to get over it when it's constant. (laughs) And it's, it, it's, it is distracting because of the emphasis of the year. Like you'd think that because it's like, oh, this is 1994, we're gonna maybe do a little bit of research and see what these things looked like back then. Like, they're Netflix. They have the resources. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and maybe have, like, someone come in and read the script and do some edits. And I don't know. I think that there's just – it felt more – it felt sloppy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're right, not only with the aspect of the years given, but also in the aspect of – um, of just continuity between yeah. the three intertwining, like they're supposed to be intertwined stories, I mean, not even right? Just intertwined stories. It's just like from one moment to the next. There is yeah. a scene where this, where the young man that she's friends with gets slashed in the ankle by Ruby. Ruby Lane. Yeah. Yes, and like he's fine. He's walking around the rest of the movie like nothing. It, it, I saw it. I saw the slash. It was a. I remember it because it was a great special effect on your ankle, and then you're fine. Like it was basically a tendon slash. Like how are you fine? No, totally. I thought I was like, oh, he's toast. When like Ruby Lane like got on him with how did he survive that? No, he should been. He should have bled out. If we're being honest, (laughs) there's no way he should have survived that. And then at the end, when Dina gets stabbed, she looks fucked. And then the next film, she's fine. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Like, they get like, hurt, but they're fine. You're like, how? They're really hurt one moment, and then the next moment, it's like it didn't happen. And I get, like, mm-hmm. adrenaline's a thing, but, like, limp or something. Like, I have nothing that makes me think, oh, that hurt you. <laughs> you're 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 human. You're <laughs> No, totally. It's like, they're not human. I, yeah, I had, I actually rewatched the ankle slash three times in a row so and you were like you'd be fucked because i'm like okay am i missing something like how is he and then i'm like fast forwarding to see him walking to see how he's walking and he's fine he's walking fine i just the uh i don't i don't i don't get it like if that happened to you would you moments later in the school be by yourself in a bathroom masturbating like Probably I'm not. I'm going to say absolutely not. I'm going to say doubtful. <laughs> not in my future, probably. You know? Because <laughs> that's, what, 
that's what he does. It's not even that much longer. That the- seems so awkward. I'm like, why do all of our people need to just be doing it or There's masturbating right so now? So many weird moments like that. Yeah. Throughout the series. And I don't know why. I feel like, okay, these movies have no business being nearly two hours. No, this one especially have- should be an hour and 20 minutes long. There's so much that should have like been edited out. It's way too long. I don't understand why it's so long. There's no reason for it. Uh, why? I totally agree. <laughs> it's so long. When I started like the other two movies, I was like, surely these won't be as long. Nope, they're just they're just as long. They're all the same. But for some reason, this one's the hardest to get through, I think. No, it's like so crazy because when I heard that these were coming out and that they were like part one, part two, part three, I thought they were going to be like maybe an hour. And I watched these with a friend of mine from Boise and we're like, oh, yeah, like maybe we'll start these. And then we were like, oh, shit, it's like two hours long. And they were like, maybe we'll save this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're fucking long. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I liked it. This is my least favorite of the three, I think. Um. The friends characters, they're fine. Um, I don't really understand the drug. The way drugs are throughout this whole series, and I'll talk about the other two films later, but this one, okay, they're both like pill pushers. They're both like collecting pills, and they're basically pharmacists. They know about all the different pills and what they do. And it's weird because it's like woven into all three storylines that people are really into pills. But why? Mm Mm-mm. Like, why? It doesn't add anything to the story that the three, like, three characters from three separate movies really know about, like, pills. It literally adds nothing to the story. It doesn't, and I don't even, get it. Like, no thing. I kept waiting for it to, like, come back around. Because, like, even the whole thing where, like, oh, she's got to die and then come back again to save her. And, and it's like, oh, they just drown her anyway. But they ended up drowning <laughs> her anyway. And then revive her with an EpiPen? What? That's not yeah. what EpiPens do. Sure isn't. That's that's not the purpose of EpiPen. No. I was like, someone saw Pulp Fiction and just assumed. <laughs> and assumed it was an EpiPen? Yeah. It's not a bee sting. It's not a bee sting. They were like, that's an EpiPen. I'm going to put this also, in my she movie. she drowned. No, nope. It's not. <laughs> it's not even. She's not dying from the pills, right? I, at least they said she. I don't know. This, she's allergic to water. So she needs an EpiPen. And then they're digging up Sarah Fear's body but it's like barely in the ground it's like on top (laughs) there's like a little bit of dirt there but it's been there since 1666 someone would have found that (laughs) that hand would not have been just trip over it walking around since 1666 no one's no one's found that 300 years Oh my god, that's so funny! I didn't even think about the ep- the epipen. <laughs> no, the epipen doesn't make any sense. That's so funny. I even I'm like messaged my sister, who's a pharmacist, because I was like, "Okay, am I missing something? Like, it makes sense that it doesn't make sense because none of nothing in this movie really makes sense." But would but you like, ever it's just use allergies? I told my sister, "I'm like, there's a character who took a lot of pills and then drowned to death." And they use an EpiPen to revive her. Does that make any sense to you? She's like, no, no, that's for anaphylaxis, (laughs) like allergies. It's not for, you know, 
reviving someone who's drowned or, you know, maybe had a drug overdose. She's like, but there's all these other things you would do for drug overdose that kind of look like an EpiPen. I'm like, no, but they specifically called it an EpiPen. You can't do that. Anyway. That's so funny. Leia, it's okay. Leia's growling at Kenobi. I know you guys missed this. Oh, why are they growling? Aren't they friends? Yeah, but she's like a little bit territorial right now. Uh, And he's like, I'm going to come say hi. And she's like, fuck no. Bitch, no, you're not. (laughs) And he's like, I'm blind. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were watching this movie, were you confused about the lore and how it worked? Absolutely, I was. Because it started to make sense like later in the movie, but I've really had a hard time wrapping my head around what was actually happening in this movie. I literally was like, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to see where we end up. There's I think it three does of these ultimately things. make sense, sure. but it does not make sense if you just watch this movie by itself. I agree. Yeah. You need all the background information to really understand why, especially when Samantha comes back. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> how is she back? Yeah. That um, was weird. And how is the other girl who got away, how is she fine? But, like, Sam Samantha isn't when the same things happen to them. Um, so there was a lot of confusion there because I remember writing out, like, I don't understand, like, trying to understand how it happened. But I, I figured it out later. <laughs> I figured it out in the second movie. Um, but, yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have any other notes? Oh, who is this bus driver? Who is the bus driver? I know we're hopping around and that's okay, right? Who yeah. is the bus driver? We never see him again. We never see him to begin with, but these kids are screaming. They are opening the back door of the bus and throwing things out of it. Like the bus driver is absent, but somehow still driving the bus. Yep. <laughs> and then, understand. like, not there when the cops show up. Yeah. Because, like, I. I wouldn't we get a statement from him? Yeah. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things where I'm like, wouldn't the police be involved? This kind of goes into the second movie. I think adults just like don't exist in this they movie. Don't. Sort of. They Except don't. Except for the sheriff who also feels like he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Samantha has a mother. And Dina and her brother have a dad, but we don't ever see him. I think he's away or something. Right? I don't know. Yeah, but we never see any teachers. No. no. Um, Why would we? Never we never see the bus driver. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Well, we see the only adults we see are very relevant to the story. So we see the mayor. We see the sheriff who, again, yeah, looks like a child. We see a couple cops. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Anything else I need to say? No, I took, I, I look through all of the songs, but can, can I just be clear? The music, all of the songs chosen for this film, I'd say most of them I love dearly. <laughs> um, But yeah, only five of them are time appropriate. Only five of them out of the and 10. It's as distracting as you imagine. <laughs> half, the, half of the songs used in this film happened after 1994. So, yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I do appreciate yeah. how much pixies there are, though. I fucking love the pixies, I and that is time appropriate. So we'll take it. I love the pixies. Oh my god, me too. Okay, let's move on. 
Let's talk about okay. the second movie. Yep. We didn't talk about the head. Oh, we didn't. T- hey, tell me about the head <laughs> and the bread. Um. Yeah. Okay. So Lee, the director, Lee Janik, said that she wanted to have the head go into the bread slicer. And everyone in the crew was like, that's not realistic. That wouldn't work. Where were they for like every other decision? I don't know. But they were like, that one specifically is not a good idea. And she was like, I'm going to get a watermelon. She put the watermelon through the bread slicer and everyone cheered because it worked. And so they can, that was a good kill that they got to keep in the movie. I'm, I'm glad they kept it in the movie. But like, even if it didn't work, just do it anyway. Yeah. You just revive a- someone with an EpiPen when they drown. So <laughs> like, who gives a fuck? At least that's entertaining to watch. There are very few rules in this movie. Like, it's fine. It's just weird that that's the hill they want to die on, is yeah. whether or not a head can fit through a bread slicer when they have all these other issues. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not realistic. <laughs> oh, there was another interesting thing in trivia on IMDb that was like, okay, so the reason that the killers are coming after Sam is Sam is basically marked for to be killed, right? Because she bled on Sarah Fear's bones, and now the killers are all after her. So, like, they're using her blood always to, like, kind of lure the killers other places. And so, there's a part in the movie, in the hospital, where, like, they're killing all sorts of people. Yeah. That don't have her blood. That aren't, like, in the way. Yep. So, that's kind of not okay. Because the rest of the movie, the whole thing is, if you're out of their way and you don't have the marked person's blood on you like they're not going to kill you it's only if you're like fucking with them or you're in their way but like in this movie i kind of feel like they kill people just for no reason like they killed that janitor guy at the ball too at the beginning not sure why well that's that was the killer right before he died the killer yeah yeah so i think i think that one's different because he but i think he was he had like the fewest body count because all of these other yeah. people that we're hearing about killed so many well, people. Well, and the cops before. shot him right away. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe trying to minimize that body count. I don't know. Yeah. Does he feel guilt? We don't know. We'll find out. TBD. TBD. Okay. Moving on. Fear Street Part 2. From It's a... Uh, sorry, I was going to say from 1978. It's definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Fear Street Part 2, 1978 from 2021. Again, written by Lee Janik. Um, the only difference with this one is it's also written by Zach Olen... Oh, God, girl, I don't know how to say this. Olkowitz. Olkowitz. I still said it wrong. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. What she said... <laughs> The IMDb summary is Shady Side, 1978. School's out for summer and the activities at Camp Nightwing are about to begin. But when another Shady Sider is possessed with an urge to kill, the fun in the sun becomes a gruesome fight for survival. So, the first film was very reminiscent of Scream, which is a 90s set film. And this one is very reminiscent of, of some Friday the 13th kind of thing, right? Yeah, yes. Like, that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think across the board, most people like this one the best. Do you agree? I do. Um, and I think it's because it's the one that mostly feels like its own thing. Yeah. I personally... 
while I appreciate the tie-in of this being like a trilogy, I'm more interested in all of these one-offs. Like I would watch a movie and not a two hour movie, but like an hour movie about each of like these stories, like that in the first one, they're naming off all of these people. And I'm like, I want to know about that spooky yeah. looking kid with the baseball bat. I want to yeah. know about Ruby Lane. Like, I want to know, like, I like that aspect of it. And so I think this one's my favorite because it's more a centralized story about what happened at the camp versus like less like focused on the tie-in of the whole Sarah Fear story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I like this one the most too. I think it's the most fun. Um, mm. I, the, the better character development, I think. Um, yeah, 100%. We have quite a few. So, so basically we start off, we're still in 1994 at the beginning mm-hmm. of this movie. And Dina and her brother grab Samantha and bring her to this woman's house who p- apparently survived this before. She's the only survivor of dealing with this situation. And they go to her house and she tells them the story about 1978 and what happened to her. And so it's like the, most of the movie is a flashback to 1978. Yes. So, and the... uh Jillian, what's her name? Jillian Jacobs. Jacobs is is the character from 1978, and then we flash back to her as a kid. So it's come to my attention that we're supposed to think that the older sister is Jillian Jacobs. Really? Did you at any point think that no. Jillian Jacobs was the older sister because I the entire time thought it was the younger sister. Same. I never that was never a thought that crossed my mind. There's like a weird like moment at the end of the movie where it's like, oh no, my name is uh, Christine, even though she goes by Ziggy because the older sister's name is Cindy. So we're supposed to think because C. Berman is the older woman we met in 1994, that the older sister is her. But I never even thought that because she. (laughs) I didn't either. So apparently that was supposed to be like a big surprise moment. And it really uh, did not work for me at all. (laughs) Uh, Oops. Oops. Yeah. We're so smart. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're smart. It's just I don't think that that worked very well. No, it just felt like common sense that like this was our main character. I found it more the... surprising that Dina was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> She's writing, I hate you, Sam. I don't like Sam. Sam sucks. And then we meet Sam and Sam's short for Samantha. Surprise. Yep. That was a nice moment. By the way, can I just rewind to 1994? I'm going to do this a while. Do this every once in a while. But like isn't it weird that it's not a thing that they're gay it's 1994 yeah if you have an out lesbian couple in high school in 1994 it's gonna be a thing yeah it's not gonna not affect your life otherwise no there's no way (laughs) no i found that strange also okay anyway they just like don't put any attention on it at all which i mean is this is another That's, reason I mean, why I feel like it's aimed towards younger kids because yeah, anyone our age would know that that would be you would be getting like not teased but it would be something people are oh, mentioning to you constantly. My gay friends got bullied insanely in high school. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, probably, but I mean, yeah. even if they mentioned it a few times, 
someone mm-hmm. said a couple and they didn't snide even, comments. Like, they weren't to even her. in couples. It was just like, you know, it's usually an hidden. Yeah, you're like mm-hmm. hiding it. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a weird. It was a weird thing to ignore. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like it's like it's like when a movie takes place, you know, in like 1960. And like racism never comes up, and you're like, well, it should though, because it's a big part of like living back then. Like you're just gonna yeah. pretend. So it's like weird. It's weird to pretend that wouldn't have been an issue. Instead, we have all these like lame side stories that don't matter. Like I just feel mm-hmm. like that would have brought more heart to the story, especially because there's, you know, this this kind of the the issues of 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 being different is like a big part of this whole trilogy. Yeah. Being rich versus being poor, you know, being different and like how that affects your life. You would think they would want to like keep that in the heart of the story. Instead, they like kind of gloss over it, which is just kind of strange, but it's fine. It is. I agree. I guess we touch upon it some more. Um, They did a little bit at the end where Samantha's mom isn't like isn't very excited that she's gay, (laughs) but. It wasn't like, I don't know. It just, to me, it seemed glossed over more than it probably should have been. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's talk. I'm sorry. I'm talking about 94 and we're supposed to be talking about 78. So 78 is fun because we're at camp, you know, and it's the 70s. I, the dude's shorts should have been way shorter. It's true. They I was were, like, come on. <laughs> they should have been come up, on. up the ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> it should have looked like a sleepaway camp over there. Yes, yes, it should have. <laughs> and the kids and the counselors all look to be about the same age. Um, I, no, I can tell the difference. Zero adults on this. And like, if you're an adult, you're 22. Like, there's no one over the age of 22 here. Period. Where's the owner of the camp? Someone gets almost murdered, and like, basically nothing happened. Like, someone came and took the almost murderer away on a stretcher and then nothing else happened none of the kids go home there's no adults that want to be involved it's just yeah she was like the only adult there yeah the nurse was literally the only adult and then they she went away and then okay there's just no adults here (laughs) i thought that was so weird because there's parts where like it it's you're supposed you're meant to believe that this is a camp that's like in session but i feel like when we're seeing uh cindy cleaning everything there's like nobody in the kitchen nobody in any of the pantries we're like if you're at a camp like that shit's going constantly because you're feeding all the like the campers and everything like that like there's never really a time where you go into a place like that and it's just like completely desolate there's barely any activities and the activity they do have is i don't really understand it color wars i don't don't really know is that like capture the flag like i don't really know there's people being captured and kept in like separate spaces but like i don't really know what the ultimate goal of this is i don't either no idea is it like paintball? Usually with paintball, there's a capture the flag. Why didn't they just call it capture the flag? Like, I don't I don't understand. If they were playing capture the flag, it would make more sense. There was no flag. There was no flag. They were just capturing people. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know. Is it like how many people you capture at the end? The person with the most captures wins? Like, I don't understand. What's the, what's the, what game are we playing here? Your guess is as good as okay, mine. Just check. <laughs> which is nothing. It's and then pills come back into play. Yeah. We got more 
people that know about pills. Bluebirds yep. and and yellow jackets. Sure. Why? <laughs> Why? What's what is this adding to the story other than um they found a pill and they want to know what the pill is. So they find That's out it. and then they take it and then it's Tylenol. It's not even anything. Yeah. I don't know. Dude. It doesn't it's just time wasted. Like we didn't need all that. <laughs> it's fine. Uh and then they then the killing starts and that's I mean, that's a lot of fun. I mean it's yes. it's very Friday the thirteenth. We got a killer mm-hmm. on the loose. The kids are some of the kids know about it and are hiding and some don't. The body count's pretty high in this one. Although I will say that the kills aren't very gruesome. They pull away a lot. I was surprised because the first movie is so in your face yeah. about it. And then this one where our body count, maybe that's why, because our body count was higher. So we don't really see as much. It's a lot of like Im- implication or maybe it's because it's children. Um, but then at the end, sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No, you're, you're like fine. We're all over the place. <laughs> brutal as fuck. Yeah. When he's like stabbing the sister. Yeah. It's weird. I wonder if, like, maybe it was a money thing, because I guess if, I don't know, because it's on camp, maybe they're saving money by not having as many special effects, but mm. I could have used more. I could have used more gore for all the kills yeah. that were happening. Maybe they were trying to tone it down, but I didn't appreciate that part. No, I agree. I like the whole tunnel thing, the witch's mark. That whole, yeah. that whole thing is very cool. Really liked it. Um... I I thought that the whole like um porta potty outhouse goes into <laughs> the witch's cave was yes. kind of unbelievable, but okay. I was like, where is all the the where is everything? Where's all the poop? <laughs> and they keep yeah. talking about how it, there's poop, but I didn't see any poop. So and I'm like, that's very unhygienic to yeah. like have an outhouse and just have it like. Go into a cave? How do they not know it goes into a cave? You just need to look down and be like, oh, it goes into a cave. (laughs) Yes. Cool. Let's go find that cave. (laughs) No, that was very unrealistic. There's not usually a cavern under a porta potty like you would know. No. Or an outhouse. Sure. There's a hole for sure, but it's not a a cavern. (laughs) Cavern. (laughs) A cavern with a tunnel system attached to it. (laughs) Usually not. Not usually. No, not usually. I mean, not that Call I'm looking in porta potties that often, but you would think someone would notice that. You know, in like 300 years, someone might notice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have a lot of comments about adults. Where are the adults? Um. About how long the movie is. That's so not ever a good scene. When I have a note about how long a movie is, I did write my sister's in the toilet, which. <laughs> Was my favorite line of the whole movie, I think. Help me, my sister's in the toilet. Yeah. I was surprised in that scene where they're, like, using, like, the pulley system to pull that chick up or whatever. I was like, why isn't she, like, trying to help by climbing on the rock? Because she hurt her leg. Yeah, but, like, you could still not just, like, deadweight it and, like, use your other leg to, like, pull yourself up. I feel like you'd have a much better chance of getting up safely. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that would have been a better option for sure. Rather than getting dropped. She's the and then you're only like, person that gets injured in the entire series and stays injured. <laughs> it's true. She's 
That continuity, man. It's the only She's one. She's got it. She's the only one. Everyone else either dies or is A-OK afterwards. There's no in-between. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, what else do I got? Um, Nick. Okay, so let's talk about Nick and Ziggy's relationship. So we find out Nick is the cop from 1994 as a child, and he's with Ziggy, and he obviously very much likes her, even though he's a counselor and she is a counselee. <laughs> Aka a camper, yeah. Aka, <laughs> <laughs> and Ooh. like, I'm not gonna lie. I thought this was very sweet. Oh, me too. I was, it was super cute. Very into their love. I thought it was the cutest freaking thing of all time. I even wrote hearts around it. I thought they were so sweet. But yeah, I agree. So it kind of broke my heart a little when I found out he was not not a very good Evil? person. Yeah. See, I had a hard time believing that. <sighs> I think young him is less evil than old him. I think at this point in time, he's really battling everything. So question. Sure. Is he... Okay, so I feel like in the beginning, he is kind of like not leaning towards that way. Does he turn that? Does he like turn the tides in order to save Ziggy? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Turn the tides when? Like at the end of the movie yes, when he's she's trying to save her. I dying. think he, he truly loves her. I don't I think do, that's I think so. fake. No. No, no, but, but I'm saying is that when he decides to like take the plunge and like accept the family oh. fate is so he can save her because that's oh. that's the one question that I had because he was like very the opposite of like his family at the beginning but i feel like at the end when he kind of knows that this is because of his family that like is that when he kind of accepts the responsibility is in order Maybe, to like, save but her. i feel like this is all happening because of him but this is well, maybe his first time doing it because his dad just died mm, they were okay. talking at the beginning about how his dad just died and he's going to be taking over a sheriff i mean he's he's a young man he's 18 maybe yeah but it's the whole family right like the like it's his- the whole family but it's it's my impression that this is his first year physically and mm-hmm. maybe he knew about it previously but this is his first year physically being a part of it okay because i think he's the one that started it i think he was down gotcha. there earlier with the candles and the thing doing the thing um, that's kind of the part that I was unclear on. Yeah, they didn't. Was like they, his I whole mean, that's a guess. That's a guess. They kind of nudge you in that direction, but they don't outright say how that happened. They don't show a flashback in the third movie showing him doing it as a kid. Okay. Um, but I think that's what's happening. I think this is his first year dealing with it, and he wants to make sure Ziggy's okay because he does keep saying like, "This is my." Does he say it's my fault or he says... Yeah, well, because she legitimately dies and, like, she should not have survived, but he obviously, like, brings her back. And so that's kind of where... Well, and he was was trapped in the animal house with the killer at one point, and he's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, of course he's fine. Yeah. Because he's not Shadyside. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it kills not Shadysiders. It doesn't kill... Yeah, so that's, like, a big part of the story that's... It kind of comes more into play, I feel like, in the third movie, but we, it starts to come into play here. I mean, there's always this, like, shady side versus Sunnyvale 
thing, right? Mm-hmm. Shady side is like the poorer kids that deal with all this murder and death and grief. Mm-hmm. And Sunnyvale is like the rich kids that have prosperity and and happiness basically right like because of this curse they are the blessed community right and i mean it's it's allegory right for Mm -hmm. society and like Mm -hmm. how those with bad luck and bad things happening to them are just pushed down further and those who are rich are like why don't you just not be that way you know right and like even that's like the whole thing with Ziggy. She's like, it doesn't matter if you are trying to get out; it's not going to happen for yeah. you. Like, yeah, yeah, you can pretend all you want, but we're still from shady side. Yes, yeah. So that that's like the the theme throughout the series. Um, yeah, downtrodden, stay downtrodden. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I think he he's aware of what's happening. He's at least somehow a part of it, and I think he's newly a part of it because he doesn't seem very excited about it. And yeah. um, and he wants to save Ziggy. He likes and cares for Ziggy, and I think he does. He really does he care does. about her. Yes. Yeah. Even as an adult, I think he does still care about her for sure. He does. I think they both care about each other. I she- I almost feel bad for him. <laughs> Yeah. But not. Almost. But Almost. He's still but not. in it. He's No, he's yeah. awful. But I, he's still I a part think of it. he probably, if this wasn't him, he would have been a good person otherwise. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously he was a product of his environment. Yep. Um, he had a lot of internal kind of struggles. And um, I do think that they both cared for each other. And obviously you don't see that kind of switch until Ziggy realizes as an adult that, like, he was very much a part of killing her sister. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm fucking taking this guy down. Yes. So another uh, issue I had with this movie is, is there a phone? And the answer is, yes, there is a phone because I saw a phone in the background, but no one fucking used it. People are getting <laughs> murdered left and right. Their but I thought think that is, they do use it. They don't. When do they use it? I don't think we see them use it, but obviously there's like some bus that they load up with all the kids and have they them. They knew where taken the bus away. was, so they just loaded the kids in the bus. He said, "Go get the bus, ring the bell, oh. put the kids on it, and then leave." I got nothing. No, they. There's a scene. Okay, so when at the end, when Ziggy goes into that big room that they were all in the rec room or whatever, and she turns on the radio, there's a phone right there. Nobody used the fucking phone. Kids were getting <laughs> murdered. They were all in that fucking room. And Nick goes in trying to save the day. We got to go find the rest of the kids. Not, hey, I'm going to go find the rest of the kids. You go call the fucking police. Or someone. someone. Does, they show up at the end. They don't. So how did the police know? When did the police arrive? They only arrived they after the nurse the died. I thought that they came in the end, but I could be mushing I, it together. I need to watch it again. I don't have any notes indicating that the police came at the end. Okay. I thought that they showed up at the end, but I also, it's been a minute, so I don't know. It's possible. It's possible, but I really don't think. Oh, maybe he called them after the fact. Like, they def. you're right. Okay, so after when he's reviving Ziggy, Nick revives Ziggy, and then the cops are there. So they're not there to save the day. They're yes. there after every all the shit went down and Ziggy already revived, right. was already revived. Then he called the cops. 
but they could have called the cops earlier <laughs> when shit was actually I just going thought down. that maybe it took a little bit to get there is mm. what I kind of I don't think anyone we I'm all I'm saying is we never see anyone call anybody and I would yeah. think we would at least get to see that. <laughs> anyway, Not in this movie. I'm just saying <laughs> it's fine. Um <laughs> I definitely just like have notes that like you just passed a telephone. Why are you walking past a telephone and turning on a radio? Don't understand. Um yeah, and then uh, Lastly, okay, we're back in modern day. We find out that C. Berman is Ziggy, and we're in nine. Sorry, not modern day, nineteen ninety four, and uh, they realize they have to go get the hand or whatever, and the hand is buried. Carly, where is the hand buried? Do you know? It's in the cavern, right? It's under the hanging tree. Where is the hanging tree in nineteen ninety four? I don't remember. It's in the mall. Oh, yes. I do remember that. So they go to the mall <laughs> in 1994. It's an enclosed mall. It's like in the middle of the mall. That has a tree in it, which happens. Uh, but there's... I'm, I'm sorry. There's a but... raised dirt bed around the yeah. tree, but it's not very large. I'd say it's maybe like five or six feet across square. That ground is somehow undisturbed, and there's a hand in there, not even buried very deep, like maybe six inches under the soil. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They built an entire mall around this tree. That's That was my question. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> even maybe if they, they did. would have brought it in after, but they would have absolutely moved it prior. Any, even if... <laughs> Even if they didn't, even if it's possible that they built a mall around this tree and purposefully did not disturb this tree or the five feet of dirt around it, how is it possible that that hand is still there? Have you seen a toddler in a mall with dirt? (laughs) Like a toddler would have found that. There's just a hand in the dirt, (laughs) six inches under the soil, in the middle of a mall, and it's been there for 340 years. Like, I just... How? How can I believe that? How? And you're worried about the watermelon and the fucking bread slicer. No! Why? Maybe it happened in the books. Girl. That's all I have. This is, it's not that it's not (laughs) enjoyable. It just doesn't make any fucking, like, make it make sense. It makes no sense. Make it make sense, guys. Now I want to read the series to see um, what's what. (laughs) You know? You think that there's a tree in the mall and a hand is buried. At least make it buried very deep. Under the ground of the mall. Under the flooring of the mall. Under the footing of the mall. I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to have to get, like, a, a... I don't know. Jackhammer. It just doesn't... I, I, what are we doing here? Why is everything buried six inches under the soil that's been there for 300 plus years? They're just sloppy. Just like It's it's maddening. I'm sorry. I can't, <laughs> I can't just be like, oh, that makes sense. I can't do that. I can't. I'm sorry. I want to. I can't. Oh, man. I'm looking up the Fear Street books, and I think I have read a few of these. There you go. But, 
But like they weren't about this though. I feel like they're all different. I think they're all different. I think they just yeah. kind of like took little parts from it. I don't, I they're, think overall this is very different than the books. I don't think anyone's going to be like in the books, this happened because I don't okay. think these stories are in the books. I think they're taking little snippets from the books and putting it into a movie. That's what it looks, that's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. I think, I think Sarah fear is a thing, you know, okay. but I think it's not the thing it is in this movie. Sure. Sure. Also, okay, why is it sense. called Fear Street? I mean, I know that's what the book series is called, but it doesn't make sense for the movies. It's at least spelled Be- fear like Sarah Fear. F-I-E-R. But it's F-E-A-R. I get it. I get it. I get that it's the, supposed to be based around the books, but like it doesn't it doesn't make sense with the movies. Call it would it, make sense if it was like Fear Street Presents, like yes, whatever this or, chapter is. Yes. Yes. Not why is so, it like, called Fear like, Street? Right. So it's like the Fear Street series. books where they're each called something different, but they're in the same series. So yeah. it's like Fear Street, the new girl is like what the book was called. Fear so Street, like, Shady Side. Yeah. Fear Street, yes. Sarah Fear. Yeah. Fear Street, Nick Good. I'm not, it's not going to be Nick Good. That That's way we could have name, like but. a bunch of different series, like of the series. Yes. Maybe there's different seasons. It's yes. all Fear Street, but they're all their own thing. Yeah. The, the, the titles are stupid. Sorry. Doesn't work. It's all good. I don't like it. I guess that can I just I just want to take a minute to remind the the people that are listening to this that like I did like this one and I had a lot of fun with it. I liked just, the whole series. We're just being judgy. But like I said, <laughs> I'm going to tear it apart because it doesn't make any sense. That doesn't mean it's not fun to watch. It's a totally. lot of fun to watch. They're totally. too long though, and they don't make sense. But if you can get past that, fucking by all means, go for it. Yeah, you'll have fun with them. I still watched it and I still didn't hate it. But it, it still, I, not to say that I didn't get aggravated and yell at my TV a few times. I did too. Okay. I think the most in the first one. The most in the first one for sure and the least in the last one. Uh, we'll get there. There's definitely some times I yelled during this one too. But let's let's talk about it. You want to intro this one? Yeah, let's jump in to Fear Street Part 3, 1666. Get it? Mm-hmm. Um, also directed by Lee Janiak, written by Phil, you know, that guy. That guy. The, the only new... Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only difference with this one is we are replacing Zach Olkowitz with uh, Kate Treffrey, um, who is also a writer for Stranger Things. Yes. The IMDb summary is the origin of Sarah Fear's curse are finally revealed as history comes full circle on a night that changes the lives of Shady Siders forever. <sighs> Not a lot of trivia for this one. So let's just talk about the movie as a whole. Okay. Um, this movie automatically started out with some bad marks for me. Because um, of the pig? Because there were so many unnecessary animal deaths. Not like, well, so the dog died, which obviously is a big no-no in my world. Sure. Um, and then the pig stuff. But it it wasn't, what what made me so annoyed about it was that it wasn't even important to the story at all. Um, I obviously missed those parts. So um, 
one of my friends told me that it was there and then my friend that I watch it with when I was like, ah, there's some animal stuff. I have to look it up before we start watching this. And he like dug a little deeper and was like, these are the parts that we kind of have to skip. And I was like, okay, cool. So I skipped them and he watched them and he was like, there's literally nothing that this added to the story at all. I mean, the only thing that it does add for me is the whole like Puritan belief system. Like if something's cursed first of all puritans usually believe that curses come from children so that kind of lends itself to the story and then also that with this curse or this deal with the devil that a lot of times you know your crops die your animals die because that's your that's your livelihood right in this time period you need those things so i mean i don't think the way they did it was right um, but I think it there. Sh- you, you don't hurt me, Carly. But I think there maybe should have been more of that. I think it just should have been done differently. Like the beginning part with the with the pigs, completely unnecessary. Take that out. Have that happen later, and all of the pigs die. Have I don't care about the dog. I mean, I I love dogs. I care about this dog. But I mean, like the dog doesn't really do much for the community. Well, <laughs> for some reason, the dog is like sleeping in her bed, which yeah. guaranteed that shit did not happen in 1666. That dog is outside. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is the dog was literally introduced to us so that it could die in the next scene. Yeah. Which yeah, was yeah. like so fucking stupid. I think I animal don't... death makes sense in this movie. I don't think the animal death that happens in this movie makes sense. I think it had the potential. I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I think I I totally get it. I personally, I mean, we've talked about this before because, you know, of our modern horrors brethren, Luke Rodriguez is not a fan of like period kind of things like this. And I typically am in this situation. I felt I didn't like this one as much. And I think a lot of it is because in these different movies, we kind of have these – characters right and we have these like different reenactments of things like that um this one felt weird to me i didn't love that they used the actors from the first one in this one but like only with certain characters it felt weird for me and i got confused i was like okay so is our lead character like related to seraphir and then there were like weird flashbacks with like the actual seraphir with her, I don't know. It was just weird, and I wasn't like the I don't. Fan yeah, of it. I don't think that the characters. I think they should have had different actors. Yes, same. Um, I, I think they did it to like show her experiencing what happened back then. I get, I get it. Like, I get why they did it, but it was a miss for me. It, like, yeah, it, it, it didn't. didn't the connection wasn't there, and I kind of was sitting there the whole time, a little bit confused at why. Like, because it wasn't, it would have made sense, I guess, with how, you know, she touches the hand and she sees this from Sarah Fear's point of view. But because we also have other actors from 74 or or 70, whatever, 78 Mm -hmm. in there, it just, it threw me off. And I was like, okay, but then why is she seeing these people? Maybe they're trying to do like an American horror story thing where they use the same, recycle the same actors, but it doesn't work because it's still the same story. Yeah, and it didn't make sense because I was like, okay, but we have all new actors in the last movie. And so it just, it missed the mark for me. No, you're Um, right. You're right. It should have been all new, all new characters for this portion of the story. Um, I agree. Because it did take me out of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, I mean, whatever. 
Like I, I that that <laughs> bothered me, but you know what also bothered me? Like the fact that they were talking fairly normal in yes. 1666, like no language changes. I mean, there was slight language changes, but it was not nearly it, where no. it should have been. Which was um, also very distracting because I I was like, oh, I'm so I'm watching a modern day movie, but they're all just like dressed up. It's an enormous undertaking to make a, a period film. And this it just doesn't seem like they were prepared for it. It's in general, the 90s doesn't work. 78 kind of works for me because I don't know much about 1978, but still it seemed off. <laughs> <laughs> and six, it, it 1666 very... really did not feel enough like yeah. 1666. Even Tony was like, are they time traveling? Why are they talking normal? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh. And why is it the they're, same actor? They're kind What's of happening? trying. They're kind of trying. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, so the 1666 portion of this movie missed the mark for me, but I did have fun with the end. I liked learning about the history of everything. I liked learning that Sarah Fear is is like a normal, nice woman who happens to be gay in 1666, so she's screwed. You know, I, I, I thought that a lot of it was well, like, I just, I liked the character. I thought it was interesting. I liked it. But yeah, it wasn't a, a historical inaccuracies aside, I enjoyed it. <laughs> um... They bring the drugs back yeah. again, though, with these berries. Like, what are we doing with drugs, guys? Like, I don't understand. Why do we have to have this in every single one? Why do they have to be berries? Why? It literally lends nothing. Come on. It's just, why? No, if you're going to have this thread moving throughout all three of your movies, have it fucking do something. It doesn't do anything. What it does it do? It never comes back. It's nothing. It's so fucking weird. It it's is. weird that I they agree. spent so much time on it. I don't care. Anyway, um, yeah. So the so in this couple, we we also have a lesbian couple, and it's played by the same lesbian couple from the first movie, which is what's causing some confusion here. Um, but in this one, it's sixteen sixty six. So when someone sees you doing that in sixteen sixty six, you're a witch, and you made a deal with a devil, and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. I think that also there's like a part where they're at the fire and one of the girls gets attacked by one of the dudes and her lover comes and saves her and that's when he's like, oh yeah, so she's going to end up being a witch because <laughs> that's how we kill her and get our revenge um, kind of thing, which works. I, I like the, the witch thing, how it's like, oh, witches, ex they all think witches exist, but like... Also, they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Witches are the scapegoat. Witches are the way, like, if something wicked happens, that's why. And there is kind of an old lady in the woods who's probably the closest thing they have to a doctor. Right. But I mean, that's true. Like, back back then, mm -hmm. witches, the I crazy mean, ladies in the line. woods, were helping girls yep. with having giving birth and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I, I liked I liked that part of it. I liked the movie as a whole. And I liked learning about the goods back in the day. Again, we have another character with the last name Good. He's a descendant of Nick Good. And we think he's good. 
because his name is good. <laughs> and also, he's a nice guy. He's there for his friends. But then he, he does. He lives far away. He lives far away from town. Is good to the girl, uh, our main character. I don't know her name. What's her name? Sarah. Oh, it's Sarah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Sarah Fear. <laughs> That's like, the one. That's the whole The thing. one and only. Yeah. So he's friends with Sarah and he protects Sarah against everything, is very good to her. And it's like they're supposed to get married. His wife and child died. So he's like, you feel bad for him. But because his wife and child died and nothing is going his way, he decides to make this pact with the devil. Yeah. And with this pact, he starts the whole the whole series of events that yep. follow, where with his deal with the devil, basically each, who knows how often this has to happen. It doesn't really, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Every once so often, <laughs> he has to write a name on a rock, and the person whose name is written on the rock turns into like a mass murderer, goes around killing people. Then they kill themselves and they turn into this ghost that gets recalled and then will kill someone if they get marked, basically. It's complicated. It's, it is very complicated. It's complicated. How was I supposed to get that in the first movie and was I supposed to? I don't know. It's, it's a little too complicated if you ask me. It, it's more complicated than it needs to be for sure. So like if you get marked, the only way you're marked is if you bleed on Sarah Fear's bones. Is that right? I don't think so, because the names are already written. So, like, I think the main part of it is when your name is written on the rock, you become a killer. But how do you become the focus of the kills? Later, you have to bleed on her bones. That's the only way anyone has ever been like where they have like they rise from the dead and can't be killed and only go after you or someone who has your blood on them. The only people in the entire series that this happens to are people who bleed on Sarah Fear's bones. But that's not true because. Who? Who doesn't have that happen to them? The only people that are like that, we have Ziggy is the first one in 1978 where they're focused on her. And that's because she bleeds on the hand and it only happens at the end. So we don't see a lot of it where they're only after her. Right. She finds the hand. She bleeds on it. And they're going Wait, to bring Ziggy it to does? the hanging tree. Yes. At the end of 78. Okay, yes, yes, yes. She gets a nosebleed on the hand. And then yes. Samantha in 94 bleeds on Sarah Fear's bones after the car crash. And so that's how she gets marked. So they're the only two that are actually marked for these like other killers to rise from the dead and come after them. Otherwise, the only thing the goods are doing is writing a name on a rock and that person becomes a serial killer. That's it. The rest of it, I don't know where this Sarah Fear bone thing happened or, you know what I mean? That part is very removed from what the goods are actually doing. Right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the rules. Now that I'm like really thinking about it, I'm just getting more Those confused. are the rules. Those are the rules. But I don't think that the bleeding but on- like, why? Why is bleeding on Sarah Fear's bones make you marked? Sarah Fear isn't causing- Is Sarah Fear causing that? 
I thought the whole point of her curse is that she wants to kill the goods. Yeah. So I don't know why bleeding on Seraphir's bones would make other people attack you. Because they What's think the she's Seraphir, she maybe. Maybe it's like, oh, you're Seraphir, I'm going to come kill you. But like Seraphir was just a um, a casualty. Yes, but she knew about the goods. She's the only person who knew about the goods. So she, when she died, she told him, she told Mr. Good from 1666 that she will come back for him and she will make sure people know about him. And it's not going to happen now, but it's going to happen in the future. So that's her Mm -hmm. curse that she's putting on him. Right. So somehow that's connected to the blood thing. But it is weird that there's this other secondary thing where if you bleed on bones, specifically her bones, which is very hard to do normally. If they were buried six inches underground, it would be very difficult to do. Was Samantha's name on there? I'm confused as to why she's a zombie now. so, So Samantha was marked and then she died and came back, right? So that's when we have the happy ending at the end of 94 is when she died, came back. They're listening to the pixies in the bedroom and being all cute with each other. Then the phone rings and Dina answers the phone and she says it's never over. That's when you see Samantha's name written in the rock. So then Samantha becomes the next killer. Gotcha. So being marked and being... uh, written your your name written on the rock are two different things she just happened to have both of them happen to her but that she's the only one that's had that most people are either marked or they're a killer not both (laughs) but yeah why does it have to be that complicated (laughs) is really the question i don't know i don't know it's a great question yeah (laughs) it took me I I, i didn't understand it until this movie Because in the other movies, I'm like, I don't understand. Wait, someone can be a serial killer, but also the serial killers rise from the dead and are only after one person if they bleed on these bones. I don't understand. And it made sense when you thought Sarah Fear was the killer because she's like, don't desecrate my bones, maybe. But also, like, why? Now knowing what we know, why would bleeding on her bones matter at all? And the only thing I can think of... I don't know. That's a great question. ...is that if you're bleeding on your bones, you have a connection with her so she can show you the history so that you know about the goods. But I don't know why. And Okay. I got it. I got it. I just figured it out. I just figured it out, Carly. Ready? I'm ready. When you bleed on Seraphir's bones, she shows you the past. Without her hand there, she can only show you pieces of the past. So it really just freaks you out. But when you see the past, the goods get scared that you know about the goods, so they send all the monsters after you. Gotcha. That's it. That's it. That's that's fucking it. I fucking <laughs> I figured it out. I'm she a, got it, I'm guys. A genius. <sighs> I'm a genius. So that's why that's when the lot. hands there, she finally got the full story and understood it was the goods. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop, Carly. To punch my microphone so to symbolize the mic drop. Thank you. You're welcome. There it is. <laughs> it only took me an hour and 20 minutes to get there. We're there. We, but we got there. We got-, <laughs> we got there, though. It's all that matters. 
I mean, all in all, it's fine. They finally get the good, the Nick Good at the end. But Nick Good has a whole family. Nick Good has a whole family. So did they really but stop like, it? With him, though, going, it looks like, I mean, because at the end, there was like all of his family getting like Killed. all the, the good fortune was all broken. Is that who got hit by the car? At the end? Yeah. That was yeah. very confusing. I was like, who is that? We've never seen these people before. Yeah, it's like all the sunny But someone takes the book at the end. Having bad luck now. Who takes the book at the end? Who takes the R. witch's book at the end, Carly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it. maybe we're getting more Fear Street movies. Do I we, wouldn't be bummed, but I want no. a new story. Yeah. Why wouldn't you burn the book? They walk right by it. Take it. Burn it. Get rid of it. Don't leave it there in the middle of a crime scene. The cops are going to find that shit. It's not safe. I would have burned it, but yeah. I know the rules. I literally wrote burn the book. Yeah. Always yeah. burn the book. I like how this was just in his house. Like there's just a cave attached to his house. You know? I guess it makes sense. The you- house would be in his family for generations and generations. Why not? Just it's the convenience of it. Yeah. Your witch's cave attached to your house. Boom. Sometimes you need a witch's cave. Now you can quickly get to your witch's cave whenever you need to. I'm not sure I understand the geography of this town, though. Because that's supposed to be Sunnyvale. How close are Sunnyvale and Shadyside? They've got to be pretty close, right? Yes. Well, uh, she because Samantha moves to Sunnyvale, right? So she says she, yeah. she's like a 30-minute drive. Oh, really? It's that far? That's what I think that's what she says in the first one. Jeez. Oh, oh, yeah, it is what she says in the first one. I don't get it. How are they so close? Then how is his house attached to that cave? Was the campground on the cave? Because their house has to be pretty fucking close to the campground. The campground had to have been on the cave. The campground's on the cave. Of course the campground's on the cave because the old Puritan town was where the campground is. But his house is attached to the cave. So his house also has to be very close. I think we've uncovered another bit of fuckery. All right. This doesn't doesn't make fucking sense. I think we should stop. We're just poking holes. How big is this cave? (laughs) It's got to be. I mean, first of all, the cave has to be pretty big. So, it's big because of the witch's mark, right? Yeah, they have With to like the walk through that whole witch's mark. But I don't yeah. think it's that big. It's not like 30 minutes big. It's not 30 minute drive big, for no. sure. It's fuckery. Get get this fuckery off my desk. <laughs> it's fucking, fucking series. This is a giant well, fucking hole. Now holes I'm in this even more series. confused than when we started this <laughs> podcast. So I guess that's neat. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I feel less confused, actually. I feel way you. less confused. I feel like I have a good grasp on what they were trying to do, and I tore it to shreds. So there's that. I like that about you. Sorry. Sorry. No, I love it. I got a lot of messages about people being excited and liking these movies. So I was like, just wait. Sorry, guys. Are you happy that we're back? <laughs> I, I already said I liked it. I enjoyed my time with it, but I yeah. can't pretend Same. that it's perfect it's really 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 far from perfect it's all it's so far from perfect but the fact that i still enjoyed it despite that it says something because usually that would just make me hate it i agree so really 
that's the biggest compliment of them all. Your movie Nate made no fucking sense, but I still liked it. So there you go. So you did something right. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. No, you're not. You're ac- you are accurate. What you just said was truthful. <sighs> all right. Well, wh- let's just chat a little bit then. It's been a minute. How are how how are things going over there? I heard you saw Clueless last night. I did see Clueless last night. And it was glorious. With, it's been Ali- a long- with Miss Alicia Silverstone Alicia, in the house. Alicia Silverstone was there for a Q&A and um, uh, Amy Heckerling. Uh, her. Oh, my God. I After last night, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah, she uh, joined via Zoom. And she is probably one of my new favorite people. <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah. And just honest. Awesome. And it was really, it was great. It was a great night. It's been a while since I've like I've watched that movie like regularly, but not sit down, no distractions, watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just so much better, and especially like in a theater full of people, just like laughing and having so much fun. It was, it was the first time Paul Rudd became a dreamboat. Oh my god, he's so dreamy. He's Those so eyeballs dreamy. of his. Oh my god, he's real cute. So cute. <laughs> real, just really cute. So cute. <laughs> I remember when Paul Rudd, you know, you know how Paul Rudd's progressively become more and more famous since then? Yes. I just remember when he started to become more relevant, like more people knew about him, like dudes knew about him and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh, I just. I also. He's always been dreamy to me. (laughs) He has been, but I feel like he's gotten dreamier. He's gotten so much dreamier. I'm like, oh, hello. I love the Ant-Man movies so much. Same. (laughs) I love him in Ant-Man so much. He's just great in everything. It's true. Anchorman. Like, think of him in Anchorman. He's hilarious. I love the you, man. The Sex Panther. Oh, my God. I oh love you, God. man. And I slap into bass. Yeah. <laughs> Later on the Benji. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's just isn't, a- isn't he in Forgetting oh. Sarah Marshall, too? He's like the weird surfer guy. Yes. Uh, the weather outside is weather. <laughs> Want to start a new podcast where we just talk about how much we love yes. Paul Rudd? Okay, cool. Yes. I'm down. So oh I'm glad God, you went. Same. I'm glad you saw it. And that sounds amazing. Did they say anything that you'd like to share that was particularly exciting? So I thought it was really interesting um, and kind of <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. But Alicia Silverstone talked about how, like, she didn't really remember a lot about filming it because she literally was, I think, 18 at the time, had filmed, this is her ninth back-to-back project that she was, that had had been working on. She literally, like, had an ulcer at the time. She was working nonstop because she was in, like, every single scene. She said something about how she, um... Not super recently, but kind of like probably within like the last two years, hung out with Paul Rudd, Donald Faison, and Brecken Meyer. And she was like, they were talking about how much fun that they had, like filming that movie and like all the like crazy shenanigans that they got into kind of on the back end. And she was like, I had no idea that that was even happening because like she was like, I was literally working 24 seven. And when she wasn't filming, she was like on, you know, like, like costume fittings and things like that for everything and it was just it was really interesting and um 
what I did really like to hear was that everybody on the film was just like the sweetest. So yeah. they just had like this really great kind of like family of filming. Um, and you can tell because yeah. that movie is just freaking it flawless. It's so good. It's so good. It's Were so there good. like people of all ages there or was it like yes. mostly millennials? No, all ages. That's great. There was like, like to the point where when I was leaving, there was like an old man with a walker, like oh. leaving the theater in front of me. Wow. So like when I say all ages, I literally mean all ages. Were there like young girls there? Not super young. Yeah. But yes. I don't feel like enough teenagers know about Clueless. <laughs> um, Do they? I if you're a teenager know. or you know of a teenager, do they like Clueless? I don't know. I need to ask my niece if she likes Clueless or if she's seen it. I loved that movie. I know she's seen Bring It On and she likes Bring It On. So that's pretty cool. I remember, I mean, obviously, like watching it before I knew all the like weird sexual jokes that were in it. Sure. And oh, that was like one thing that was really funny when she Alicia Silverstone was saying when she read the script, she was like, I'm not funny. Like, this is a really clever <laughs> script. And like, I don't think that I can deliver it. And then like, she was like, my agent at the time was like, no, you're you take yourself very seriously. Like, that's why this is going to work. Right. You know what I mean? And they were saying that um, when she like the first f- scene, I think that they shot was the debate scene. <sighs> the hadians that she actually got wrong yes she act and like the she and amy heckerling was like everybody around me was like going to correct her and i was like stay away from the actor (laughs) like do not let her know that that's not how you pronounce it because it's i don't want her in her head thinking anything so they just like party with the hadians (laughs) it's so great it's It's so perfect though it's yeah i love that they that she said that no, don't oh you God. dare correct her. Yeah. It's perfect. They were like, absolutely not. Let's take it again. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun, and there was, like, a lot of really cute insights that oh, were shared. I'm a little jealous. I'm glad you go. You went. I'm glad you I go. Too. I'm glad you went. I'm glad I go, too. <laughs> and you've also gotten really into Fast and Furious during our time oh away. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what started it, but, guys, I watched... All nine of the Fast and Furious movies in like two days to the point where I like on the second day I finished. I was like watching Fast 8 or whatever it's called. Fate and the Furious, I believe. (laughs) And I like it was late, but it was like a Friday. And so I literally was like, I wonder if there's any showings of F9. And it was like, yep, there's like a 930 showing. And so I like booked my ticket, (laughs) finished Fate and then went to go see F9. And I think you left me a voice message that night because I woke up and you were talking about how they go to space. They go to space. Guys, I am a Ludacris fangirl now. I fucking love Ludacris. (laughs) I've always liked Ludacris. He is adorable and just... I do. He's one of the more adorable rappers, isn't he? He's a treasure. Yeah, he really is. I just adore him. I feel so, like adorable so, so is a, is a word. He probably wouldn't like that, but um, he is he is adorable. He's yeah. so freaking cute. Yeah. I like. And if it was like anybody else, but because it was like Ludacris in space, I was like, hell yeah, let's go. To, <laughs> let's go to space with Ludacris. I'm in with cars. And like Helen Mirren was like such a badass. I'm fucking in love with the. <laughs> the furious movies i need to check them out 
Guys, I want to do a face punch Sunday brunch with Amy with Fast and Furious. And we need to give um, it a different clever name though. We'll come up with one and do it. I'm sure it's we could it's like family brunch. I don't know. Oh Cause, yeah. Cause Vin, Vin's all about family. Yes. So if you guys would listen to that, let me let us know. We'll just do it anyway. Cause I really want it to happen. Yeah, we can just do it. Should we invite other people or should it just be us? I don't care. Okay. If you're listening to this and you're you're a regular on our show, I'm talking about you, Al White. Maybe oh Justin. Oh my god. <laughs> Amazing. It might, it might be fun to have them on. There are some not great ones, but they're like once we get it I'm just excited. I feel like it'd be fun to watch that as like a group too. I do too. Like more people. Okay. We'll talk about it some more when we're not recording. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good. I have been Rewatching Vampire Diaries, as I've I've told you in our in our normal personal life, not on while we're recording. And um, I just I I know I'm gonna fall out of it at some point because I've fallen out of watching the show before. But I love the beginning of it. I'm like really into it right now. I'm still in the first season. Um, it's ridiculous, but also amazing. If you like Twilight. Because of that, you would also like my Vampire Diaries. Um, so I've been doing that. <laughs> I noticed a lot of like the dating shows I, for for a period when quarantine first started. I got really into like reality dating shows, which is not my thing at all. I hate them usually, but I really got I got really into Love Is Blind, and uh, that. that's back on. I noticed it was on Netflix, and I was like, God damn it! Now I have to watch that. <laughs> So, I think it's just like, where are they now? I know, but I have to watch that. <laughs> no, no, you absolutely yeah, should. Yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it. I'm not. Yeah. I. That's you watched not Love my, is Blind, though, right? No, I never no. watched it. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you should. I watched Love good. Island UK. Oh, and yeah. So I've been watching that. Sure. Um, I love Love Island. It's just so good. <laughs> and um, HBO just released F Boy Island. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. It's as nuts as it sounds. Yeah. That's good. It's not really my thing, but for some reason, I'm really into Love is Blind. Yeah. There's a new one on there that I saw. I don't remember. It's like, I think it's called like Dating Behind the Mask or something. And they put these people in like these ridiculous animal Mm -hmm. costumes with these animal masks and have them date like that. So they don't know what each other looks like. Yep. Your best friend Ryan watches that. He oh, loves the reality show. Yeah, and he was like sending me things from it, and I was like, "This is out of control." I might need what to watch happening? that one. I was, <laughs> I like, it just was like, you know how when you hover on things on Netflix and it starts showing it to you. Yeah, I yes. did that, and I was like, "What is that?" Oh, people in masks. I thought maybe it was going to be like something scary, but it was a dating show. Oh my god, anyway, that's so funny. Um, I might have to watch that. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Vampire Diaries for sure. Most of my time <laughs> spent doing that. Okay, we got to spin this wheel. What oh, are we yeah, doing? let's do that. I don't know. We're just talking I about know, things. That's okay. I mean, that's okay. We can just okay, talk. Spin. We haven't we haven't done that in a while. Yes. Right. Oh, that's very true. It's dusted off. No. Let me, no. Let me dust it's off. It's like, oh, welcome back. <laughs> it's going to make you sign in again. Like everything There's on my no computer. There's no signing in for the wheel. It's it's The wheel is full for all. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's on this thing. Get ready, because some of this stuff might not even be streaming. Saint Maud. Oh, that's definitely streaming. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah. 
Um, it is on Hulu and Paramount Plus. Okay. I'm excited to finally see that. I know. I've been wanting to see that one. Okay. Me too, but I've been waiting for the, the cast. Now is the time, I guess. Okay, here we go. Ready? And spinning. Sputnik. What's that? You told me to put it on the wheel. I don't know what it uh, is. I did? Yes. <laughs> you said everyone's talking about Sputnik. Put it on I the did? wheel. Yes. I don't remember that. I don't know what it is. You told me to. It's on I don't Hulu. Know what that is. It's on Hulu. Yes, it is, because I just Oh, it is. Who's <laughs> talking about it? <laughs> it looks like it's a, a Russian film, maybe? A Soviet space cra- space crash. Spacecraft crash. That's a t- tongue twister. There's only one survivor. Sputnik. Is this a horror movie? I don't it is know. Horror. Carly, you told me to I don't know anything about this. You literally sent me a message and said, I'm hearing good things about Sputnik, put it on the wheel. Cool. <laughs> but apparently it's a thing. Okay. And it's on Hulu. Okay. That's where we'll watch and it then. Amazing. Sputnik. And what's the other one we're doing? Saint Maud. Saint Maud. Okay. All right. So join us next week when we discuss Carly's favorite Sputnik that she definitely knew what it was. That and I totally know. <laughs> it's hot. Until next week, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye. Sorry. I'm so okay. sorry. It was fast, but I, I caught up. 